The Tintin exhibition is being held at the Unley Museum, 80 Edmund Avenue in Unley. It's on now, runs through till the 27th of November. But the big launch day is on Monday. And to tell us a bit more about it, joining me in the studio is pop culture historian Stuart Blair. Stuart, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. And uh, good day to uh, all the listeners. Uh, mate, thank you for, for coming in. You've come in on the bike, uh, which is good, <laughs> uh, in, in the lycra. But I've, I've been to one of your talks before where you actually get dressed up as Tintin himself in, in, in the blue jumper and the, uh, the, the brown slacks and the, and the socks. So uh, you, you get very immersed into the Tintin character. Oh, yes. I like to do that, uh, not just because I'm a fan of the character, but uh, also I think um, when you're a presenter, uh, it adds a little bit uh, bit more oomph to the presentation. Sure uh, the, um, it, it gets the crowd motivated and, uh, and you know, just provides a whole ambience for the, uh, for the talk. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so... I've got to ask, uh, how did this all come about or, or why why Tintin? Where did it all begin for you? Uh, for me, it started um, back in the uh, the early 70s. Um, I was watching uh, the Tintin cartoon uh, as well as other shows like Star Trek and Lost in Space. <laughs> and, and that form of, um, of artwork uh, really um, uh, made an impression on me at, at the very beginning uh, of my childhood. Um, Hergé's, or the creator of Tintin, Hergé, his, uh, his artwork was a simple, a clear line it was called. Um, it provided no distraction. So uh, for someone at an early learning stage... Um, the the lines were bold and they just mm. came right right out at you. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's amazing artwork, uh, especially for its time. You got to remember that the Tintin's been around. You you even mentioned in the the talk that I uh, went to that he came out the same year as Mickey Mouse. Uh, that's correct. Uh, in fact, on the tenth of January next year, he celebrates his eighty eighth birthday. Oh wow! There you go. And and the thing that got me when I was at your talk, Tintin Unmasked, that was back on the first of September at the uh, Unley Lund- uh, Library, uh, there were people of all walks of life cross-generational uh, i think i saw kids probably as young as seven to adults as old as 70 there at the discussion and as i said all walks of life different um ethnic backgrounds what do you think is the big appeal for tintin uh, across such a, a broad spectrum um it um it's one of only a few uh, genres that can um allow a child and an adult to to converse uh, on a common frame of reference um for example the storyline at one time is specific for a child, yet it can still be specific for an adult. Mm. Um, there are two different uh, stories that um, each uh, age group you know can receive from the one story um, and that was the slogan for the uh, for the Tintin journal was it um, is for the children aged seven to seventy seven uh-huh. And that was in in the early era, but for now we can we can pretty much take that from five to one hundred and five, yeah. um, really, because the, the stories have spanned now all those generations, and and it really is where a child can can talk about their favourite character or the favourite portion of the story. The adult can reminisce mm. uh, from the early childhood days, but also from the adult days, um, seeing more the cultural. Uh, you know, background to the story. Exactly, because I, I picked up the books and, and watched the, the cartoon series as a, as a youngster. Uh, and uh, especially since, since your talk, you've kind of gotten me uh, right back into it a bit. I picked up one of the books uh, at, uh, at the Unley Library when I was there. And, and I'm seeing things from a whole different perspective. And uh, so I never noticed that as a kid. Didn't pick that up. Uh, didn't quite get that, that reference or whatever the case is. So that, that, as you said, there is, there is something for everybody there. Mm, and that's right. It, it is... It, there are a lot of hit, it's like many shows like Star Trek used to do it as well. They would a, a, attack issues of politics and and even ethnic cleansing and uh, and but they would put it into a show and they could um, they could you know 
get it out there without mm. being censored. And and Hergé did the same with um, with the Tintin stories. A lot of his um, his stories were based on cultural and social mm. issues of the time. Mm. Um, and ordinarily, he wouldn't be able to put that into print uh, because of the hard censorship laws of the time. So he put it into a comic book story, and then, of course, yes, the world loved it. Um, and, and the message was sent out. And that was the positive aspect of, of the book. Mm. Now, you've written um, a, a thesis, or you're on your second, is it, about Tintin? Tell us a bit about the, the work that you've done uncovering uh, the character of Tintin and his creator, Ajay. Yes, as I've delved deeper into my studies at university, um, I completed an honours degree uh, and my, my investigation was into Hergé during the Second World War, the controversial um, nature of, uh, of his employment with uh, a publication that had been um, uh, taken over by the German occupying forces. And this was at a, a very difficult time where journalists were being you know, um, uh, either looked at as collaborators mm. um, for continuing their work, uh, albeit as uh, illustrators or comic artists uh, and putting a strip into a paper. Uh, but they were being labelled as collaborators because they were enhancing the propaganda of um, of the German occupying forces. This was a decision that Hergé had to uh, to make at the time, and so my investigation uh, it looks at the morality behind uh, Hergé's um, uh, you know uh, I guess his um, his psyche at the time. Mm. Which side of the fence was he sitting on? He professed not to be uh, politically minded. Um, he merely wanted to keep his character alive, and um, there are positives and negatives to to his way of thinking, and, and also the the repercussions that he was feeling as his stories were still being produced. So my master's degree thesis, which um, I'm in my final year now, is going even deeper and uh, and sort of trying to uncover more and more of this issue, uh, and to see if we can really come up with a you know a definitive yes or no you know to the question, which is is Erge Tintin incognito, and did he use the character of um, of Tintin to survive the war? We're speaking with pop culture historian Stuart Blair, the Tintin exhibition on at the moment at Unley Museum. Before we just uh, get to the exhibition, uh, there was a, a movie released that uh, had uh, Steven Spielberg and, and Peter Jackson behind it. Uh, it was uh, The Secret of the Unicorn. Uh, so I wanted to, to get your thoughts on uh, on Tintin, who's been brought almost into the, the 21st century in this in this movie, and uh, and what you, what you actually thought of it. Because I, I went and saw the movie and I was sitting there like, that's not right, that's not right, that's not right. But, for, but then when I actually sat back and, and didn't have any preconceived uh, ideas, I actually really enjoyed it. Loved it, actually. Yeah, it, it was a great film, uh, a film that was produced, obviously, by an American. And, and I say that because um, for a very long time, Steven Spielberg, almost 20 years, had wished to produce a Tintin film because he's an avid Tintin fan. And he had always wanted to meet uh, Hergé, but... Um, never got to, did Never he? got to meet him until, uh, I think, a week before Hergé died, um, there was a meeting organised, but oh. um, he never got to it, which was quite sad for Spielberg because um, I think if he'd had a little bit more of a, a chat with Hergé, there would have been a little bit more oomph into the film. Sure. It was a good film. Um, it, it stayed... Pretty much on the path of the original story, uh, of course. Though it had that extra bit of Hollywood flavour to it, yeah. <laughs> you know, which um, which sort of jazzed it up, uh, you know, for someone that's looking for more rocket ships and ray guns effect in the story. But um, in my opinion, the animation was fantastic. I loved um, it. Yeah. And the storyline, when you go to watch the next film that's coming out, 
you'll appreciate this story, mm. the one previous, a whole lot more. Um, Do you know what, what storyline? Are they doing Red Rackham's Treasure or are they... Yeah, Red, they are. Red Rackham's Treasure and also Cigar of the Pharaohs is going to come into it. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah. Okay. And so um, Cigar of the Pharaohs uh, is going to bring out a little bit more of the Haddock character. Yes. Um, and I think that is quite pertinent to um, Red Rackham's treasure and obviously we saw that in The Secret of the Unicorn as well because it really gave you a, a backstory to, to Haddock and, and where he'd come from mm. and also the um, the long line of, of uh, mariners in, in the family and, and that sense of honour mm. um, and you know, for people that haven't read a lot of the books Captain Haddock had a real big sense of honour and duty and that's why he was always faithful to Tintin and Snowy, uh, they, were, they were the dynamic trio you yeah, could call exactly. them. Yeah, mm. uh, um, we mentioned before that Tintin was uh, released the same year as uh, as Mickey Mouse and, and Disney. Uh, sure, it hasn't had uh, maybe as wide a, a spread of publicity, but uh, in the the native Belgium, Tintin's virtually a hero. You, you said in your uh, discussion the uh, the other week that you can't go down a, a street in, in in Brussels without there being a, a comic shop and there's uh, an Arge and Tintin museum. So uh, quite the popular character, at least in Belgium. Oh look, um, I've just come back from uh, from Europe uh, about six weeks ago. I was doing a block of research in the Tintin Museum. I went down to France, um, and then I went across to Holland. And no matter where you would travel, the image is somewhere. Um, be it on a loaf of bread, be it in a. Some of the street names are named after characters. Oh wow! The buildings. There are paintings on the buildings. Um, comic artwork uh, in in uh, Europe is known as the Bande Dessinée and there are representations of it everywhere um, the character probably the greatest tribute to the character was by the great uh, French general Charles de Gaulle okay. in his memoirs his, um, he was quoted as saying that when all was said and done his only rival was Tintin <laughs> Um, and uh, that just gave you the status of, of where this character set. Absolutely. And this was a character that was created in Belgium, not in France. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it really is. It, it's huge. Absolutely. And, and he means uh, so much to, to so many people, and it's great to have this exhibition here in Adelaide. It's up until the 27th of November at the Unley Museum, which is 80 Edmund Avenue in Unley. Uh, what are some of the uh, items that are on display? Is there anything that's, uh, that's caught uh, your eye that uh, is a must-see and, and is uh, really special? as a part of this exhibition? Uh, well, for someone like my, myself who's a historian and for anybody out there that are writing scholarly articles on on any form of history, um, uh, there are two pieces in, in the exhibition that are, uh, one is from 1937, is the uh, the number one issue of um, Le Petit Vantiem, which contains the very first Tintin story. Oh, wow. Um, and that's that's there uh, for, for people to have a look at. And also there's a uh, sculpture from 1946 um, from uh, the story Le Lotus Bleu, which is, uh, or the Blue Lotus, the Blue Lotus yeah. uh, which is the most the 20th most read story in the world. Wow. Oh, really? Um, so that that uh, that sculpture's there, but there are a hundred pieces in the exhibition. So there's there are there's hours upon hours for people to go in and, and just have a look and study um, each interval each interval piece. Um, there are animation cells, uh, hand painted animation cells from the Tintin uh, adventures, the cartoon mm -hmm. adventures. Yep. Um, there are uh, some canvas paintings. There's one in particular that's um, actually been painted by a local artist here, uh, Graham uh, Shaw, um, which is from the secret 
Secret of the Unicorn, which oh, is a right. lovely piece. Um, but yeah, it it's, uh, really is a good exhibition just to come down and, and soak up all the colour that's in there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's already underway. It goes through till the 27th of November. You've got the launch, though, on Monday. Anything uh, special happening there? I believe you're getting, you're getting dressed up. Oh, that's right. Tintin will be there. Uh, um, yeah, complete with, uh, with Snowy. With and snowy the... And um, yeah, if anybody wants to come on down and, and have a photo, they're more than welcome. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, it should be absolutely sensational. The Tintin exhibition on at the moment at the Unley Museum through till the 27th of November. Stuart, thank you so much for your time today. All the best with uh, the exhibition. And I know you've got a couple of talks coming up uh, as well and with the thesis as well. If people want to keep up with your adventures along with the adventures of Tintin, uh, what, you've got a website or how can people keep in touch with you? Oh, for sure. And more than welcome to uh, my website, simply my name, stuartablair.com. And I welcome anybody to, uh, to have a look and send me a message. And, um, and if you're out there, um, there will be a number of, of talks uh, um, in Adelaide next year. I'm uh, speaking in Perth and, and Melbourne the next couple of months as part of the speaking tour. Yes. But we'll be uh, coming back to Adelaide to, to do it again in January, I believe. Superb. Well, I'll put some of those details on our Facebook page as well so people can keep in touch with you. Stuart, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thanks again.